The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Look at that. Fires could soon peak in New York City. We've already seen the apex in Madrid. Italy's clearly over the hump. So I guess that means buy stocks, right? It's time to go long. Buy the S&P 500. Cover your shorts. The bull is back. Witness today's run. Dow surging 1,627 points, marking its best day in two weeks. S&P soaring 7.03%. NASDAQ pulling 7.33%. Can it really be this easy? Or does this represent too much optimism? I think it's a bit of the latter. Wall Street's in the grips of index buyers and traders who only care about the number of new coronavirus cases, the number of hospitalizations, and the mortality rate. The index buying was so intense today that it moved stocks up like they were playthings. Now, does that mean we should buy the NASDAQ when we have more ventilators, but uh, sell it if we don't have enough personal protective equipment? Uh, Do we buy the S&P retail ETF when we get a decent number from, I don't know, Governor Cuomo? No, no, it's kind of ridiculous. We're simply seeing, though, the flip side of what happens when people were downbeat as they were last week when the president's team told us some pretty horrifying death projections if this thing didn't slow down. I do not like markets that are driven by index buying or selling because neither is sustainable. Both fake people out. The people who, uh, when they see the big futures down, they get scared and they sell low. And when it goes up really high, what do they do? They buy high and then they get smoked. I'm trying to fight that. Don't get me wrong. It's great that we're starting to flatten the curve with this pandemic. I am glad that the worst case scenario may be coming off the table. I am glad more people may live than we thought after one one of those press conferences last week. It's a relief. I am thrilled that so many small businesses applied for money to get back in business, particularly with the community banks. That may have been the best untold story. But none of that necessarily translates into better earnings per share for corporate America. And when you're investing in the stock market, you know what? The overall level of the index won't matter if you're buying individual stocks. And many of you do. I'd be more forgiving of this attitude if it were all in a vacuum. When you're a day trader, you don't have to care about earnings. But if you're an investor, you've got to think about how the market will react once companies start reporting the results en masse. And that's going to be real soon. If you're worried about the state of the economy, and you should be, then maybe you should let the market cool off after a day like today. I don't like buying on top of the index fund wave. Again, I am neutral. I don't like it when the future sends things down, and I don't like it when the future sends things up. I like individual stock buying and I like thought. Still, let's go over what this big update does mean at a time when a lot of people are desperately searching for light at the end of the tunnel. 
you and me both. First, if you haven't been contributing to your 401k this year, well, last week certainly would have been a good time. We, st- we said stay the course, but now you got to wait. you got to wait for a profit-taking session. I'm not calling this a short-covering rally in a bear market. That doesn't make any, doesn't help us, doesn't get us anywhere. I believe we ultimately will beat the virus because of science. However, it's a mistake to come in after a day like today, even for 401k money. I don't like to chase. The big buying opportunity was last week. I don't think the whole market has bottomed yet, though. But as I told members of the ActionAlertPlus.com club, I do think many individual stocks have bottomed. So why not just buy right here? Well, you know what? I care, and you care, too, if you pay up 6 7% more than you had to on Friday. I care, and I bet you will not feel good if you come in on top of a mini bull market start to finish because COVID-19 perhaps can be beaten, albeit with tens of thousands of casualties. Yet what happens if we get another leg down based on some, I don't know, bad economic numbers that makes you panic and all these index fund buyers become sellers? Don't put yourself in a position where you'll be tempted to buy high and sell low. Be patient. After last week, I am convinced there'll be more selling. What about individual sectors? Today, we saw incredible strength in Ford, in tech, in retail, the banks, and industrials. Let's dissect each one. First, tech sold rips during rally for both the Cloud Kings and the data center plays. I think the rally in the Cloud Kings, I'm going to call it suspect. We keep hearing about deals being delayed and budgets being cut back. I think it may be tough for them to meet their numbers. Will ServiceNow be able to convert here? Will Workday thrive when there are no more mergers, as they often get more business when newly combined companies choose their software? Are RingCentral and Coupa 2i? Is about Splunked? Does Adobe deserve that rally? You need to take them case by case, but I'm betting their stocks would go down if they reported tomorrow. They're too likely to have to caveat their earnings with worries about near-term COVID woes, and that sends them down. But the data center hardware plays like Micron, Western Digital, Intel, NVIDIA, AMD, I think those could have terrific quarters because there's so much demand for their products and their stocks are still inexpensive. I have liked them, and I reiterate that I like them now. That's great also when we get the data center news for Alphabet, for Facebook, for Amazon. means there's strong demand. But Alphabet and Facebook, they may have strong demand, but they have too much exposure to a crumbling advertising market. Lots of eyeballs unpaid. I say go with Amazon. Or if you want more exposure to gaming and PC and data center, you can still even up here by Microsoft. How about telco tech? Problematic. Okay, nothing's really changed here. We own Apple for my travel trust. Of course, own Apple, don't trade it. But look, I think that if you haven't bought it yet, you don't come in and buy it up 20. You just don't. I think the downside, it could be significant. Uh, Don't own this one if you can't take some pain. As for me, I'm happy to buy more Apple into weakness. Oops. I salute Tim Cook for his work in getting us personal protective equipment. I'm also thrilled about how Mark Benioff got a 747 filled with PPE from China here. In business, the great is business the greatest source for social good or what? Cook Benioff. Thank you. Retail caught fire today, but with the exception of Walmart, Costco, and Amazon, this string felt like ETF short covering. Most retailers won't be able to uh, whistle past their debt covenants if they don't get the economy moving again, at least by back to school season. Now, if you want to understand what I'm talking about, I need you to go look at the work of Oliver Chen. He's a terrific talent analyst. Put on some numbers last week that justified the gigantic declines in retail stocks. And yeah, I know they can bump up here, but they can even go up further. But I'm worried. Many of the companies don't have the balance sheets to survive. To the do, Home Depot bone lows are solid, but now I'm worried about the spring. Will they have the big customers they usually get? Normally May would be gardening season for them, but maybe we don't have a gardening season this year. I've had 32 years of gardening, and I think this year could break the string. And I like to make stuff. It's my favorite thing I do in life, but I got a feeling that there will not be, at least for me, a gardening season. And it's everything. People don't like to invest in their homes during a downturn. It feels like an expenditure rather than investment. That also makes me worried about Home Depot and Lowe's. And these are great companies that I just want you to tell you, go buy their stocks. Next, the banks. I can't cotton to these. One minute they're buying back stock, can't ever fist at very high levels. The next minute they can't do their buybacks. And that whole thing looks like they paid too much. The principal reason I liked Citigroup was that they decided to repurchase 7 to 8% of their share count every year. Well, guess what? That buyback's over. Now it's the dividend. But you shouldn't switch reasons why you like something, even though 5% is nothing to sneeze at. Hard for me to feel enthusiastic. Maybe the banks will find a level where they're too cheap, although today's rally sure didn't help. To me, the banks, are, they've gotten risky again after this move up. Even though they've already gone down a great deal. We've been telling ActionAlertsPlus.com members that I don't have much appetite until we see the earnings. Maybe they'll surprise us, probably to the downside. 
I do like fintech at all times, and I like the PayPal and the Visa. They're terrific. Yes, and MasterCard. These are sainted stocks, meaning even if they miss numbers, they'll probably go higher. Can't even sell them up here. One derivative, the home builders, they exploded higher today, 15, 20% gains. I'm putting this move in the are you kidding me category. If you own a home builder, I recommend selling some roll your position tomorrow morning. This rally's too extreme. Finally, there are the industrials. There are so few of them that when Wall Street starts feeling more confident about the global economy, the whole group flies higher because there's so few of them and so much money going into them. If you own an industrial here, you're betting on a rapid return to normalcy with the economy bouncing back in record time, including a major increase in oil prices, along with the return of auto sales. Construction, not going to happen. Specious reasoning. We don't need any new buildings. In fact, the stay-at-home office is a knife in the heart of the real estate industry. It's why the REITs have been such disasters. We don't need as many retailers. We don't need as many nursing homes. We don't need as many office buildings. I, we don't need as many movie theaters. I don't want to own anything connected to them. Worst of all, we need a lot less oil and gas. You see, because it's like not anybody on the road. Don't bet on a quick industrial recovery. Mistake. Bottom line, I'll become more sustainably bullish when there's more testing. Test, test, test. When there's less fear of getting sick, sick, sick. And most importantly, when the unemployment rate peaks, which is why my chapel trust, which had been putting money to work, putting money, putting money to work, sold stock today. You know what? Unemployment matters more than a potential peaking in a coronavirus transmission. When we get a peak in unemployment, many stocks will be buys. Until then, well, you're going to have to deal with the sell programs and deal with the buy programs, but don't be fooled. We don't have actual stock buying going on on days like today. Let's go to David in Ohio. David! Hey, how you doing? I'm not doing badly at all, David. How about you? I'm all right. Trying to stay out of the way. (laughs) All right, what's going on? All right, I had a question. Um... What could a novice investor learn from this market? And should I look into investing short term or long term? And also, what sector should I be looking at? Okay, uh, it depends on your time horizon. Younger people should be looking at tech and biotech. And that's because they got their whole lives to make up uh, with paychecks what they may lose otherwise. If a young person now, I think you should be thinking about what tech do you really love? Is it Zoom or is it Amazon? Do you like to use Alphabet? Or do you find yourself thinking, you know what, I'm worried about cybersecurity? Think like that. Or do you think Regeneron's going to come up with something for the end, antibody against the illness? But you should be thinking longer term. As you get older, you have much more to worry about. You can't risk being in too crazy a market, and you got to scale back. All right, the market rallied hard today. But I don't want you to get ahead of yourself. I saw a lot of index fund buying, not a lot of individual stock buying. And therefore, it's a little more dangerous to come in on top of it. Oh, man, tonight, the CEO of Zoom is saying he really messed up as the company continues to face backlash over security issues. I'm going to sit down with Eric Yuan and find out what's, what he's doing to get it back on track. He didn't duck the show. Then, which stocks could get a boost from the millions of people working at home? I got a list for you. And I told you most streets are in real trouble here, but some could be worth considering, and they haven't really moved. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The most obvious winner from the COVID-19 lockdown, Zoom Video Communications, but it's had a pretty tough week. Thanks to the terrific video conferencing software that many of us use, Zoom has become the face of the stay-at-home economy. They were averaging 10 million daily users toward the end of last week. In March, they averaged 200 million. And that's huge. It's no wonder the stock caught on fire rallying from 87 when we spoke to the CEO two months ago, all the way to 165 at its highs a couple of weeks ago. Since then, those Zooms come under increased scrutiny, and the stock's given back a big chunk, falling to around 123 as of today. Journalists, security researchers, even some regulators have pointed out security flaws. And they got a new competitor in Ring Central, and they're losing some key clients. Clients like New York schools. What do we do with this stock that's going from market darling to battleground in a matter of days? You know what we need to do? We need to get some clarity. So let's ch- check in with Eric Yuan. He's the founder and chairman and CEO of Zoom Video to get a better sense of these concerns and find out what he's doing to win back his customers' trust. Mr. Yuan, welcome back to Mad Money. Hey, Jim. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course, Eric. And it's been, you've been a delight. You've always come on, and you're not willing to duck during periods when I know it's been difficult. Now, you yourself have said, sir, that you, you can't afford to have this happen again. You can't afford to lose people's trust. So what have you done to make sure that doesn't happen? Yes, that's a great question, Jim. So when we built a Zoom, you know, Zoom was beautiful, serving a lot of enterprise and business customers. But over the past several weeks, we had a lot of brand new users, new user cases. This is never, you know, expected. And those, you know, when we're working together with the enterprise IT team, normally it takes some time to build a trust. This, this time, you know, a lot of first time, you know, in the users, you know, they heard about Zoom, they started using Zoom, and we need to, you know, spend time on that, right? Make sure, right. you know, really have a customer, really understand Zoom, the security settings. And however, you know, when they read some article, if they did not enforce the password, they probably feel very frustrated. You know, we needed to enforce the security settings, private settings for the first time in the users. Well, have you gone back to some uh, New York school system and say, and said, listen, we have fixed it. You should come back to us. Uh, don't go to Microsoft Teams. We, we've got the superior product and all your kids love it. So you are right. We are still the process to work together with them. You know, over the past several days, we already had some meetings. Their concern is, you know, there are so many schools Amazon, they are working together with us directly. They want to have a master account to manage all those public schools, to make sure every public schools and we have a security control. Actually, over the past two weeks, we already enforced password, waiting room, you know, for those schools by default. I think we are still in the process. Okay, now uh, we had uh, Chuck Robbins on last week. We also had Ring Central on. Obviously, they want your business. Uh, Chuck did mention that, uh, and you know Cisco well, of course, that, that WebEx does have, uh, does have better security. Now, that's a heavy enterprise product. Yours was an enterprise product, but it's now being blown out by everybody. Can you um, risk having uh, this weaker uh, security than Chuck when it comes to the big enterprise customers? So prior to this crisis, we have lots of enterprise customers, right? right. Speaking about security, you know, I, I build a WebEx. I know that very well. A lot of people challenge us, like end-to-end encryption. I'm in this industry for more than 20 years. You look at the Cisco by default, Microsoft by default, neither of them all for the end-to-end encryption. Because to support end-to-end encryption, you cannot have a, you know PSD and phone users dial in. Mm-hmm. You cannot support a traditional video endpoint. You cannot support the cloud recording, right? I think from a security perspective, I really do not think any big difference. Big difference. I do not think they are better. Unfortunately, we suddenly become so popular. Well, and that yeah, I, I gotta disagree with you, Eric. Uh, Cisco does not route traffic through China. 
a lot of companies and a lot of individuals do not want our traffic. I'm not talking about our Zoom cocktail party Saturday, but we don't want our traffic through China. Is there like a box we can check that just says, listen, Chinese servers will not have our information because that Cisco doesn't do. So that is a big difference. You are, you are right. So I want to share, take a step back and to share with you. But by the way, on Wednesday, I have a weekly uh, Zoom uh, uh, security webinar. I'm going to explain it in very, very you know, de- uh, details. And so because, you know, this is a, we have a global distributed meeting center. And by design, if you and I have a meeting here, the traffic should never go to China at all. Right. However, you know, because uh, the misintegration in the extremely rare cases, and you know, you and I probably try to go through our data center either in AWS China or our Tesla infrastructure, you know, partner with Tesla in China, go through our you know our data center and come back. You know, just extremely rare cases. Eh? We are going to share everything open transparently. You know, who's meeting and uh, you know, rotate back to there again. That's our data center. The right. session key also in the memory. So that's you know, to have the you know the global distributed meeting architecture. I think we we can do it that very well. However, this is more like this time is uh, uh, missteps. Okay, missteps. Fair enough. Now, uh, this Zoom bombing. I like the fact that Zoom is a household term, and we do all use it. And yeah, I, I was hesitant to be as critical as others because I am on this product five times a day. And I never even used it until Jensen Wong told me about it when we were at NVIDIA. But I also know that there's been this Zoom bombing. It has not happened to me in any of my groups. But is it, can we stop the Zoom bombing? Can we out these people? Can you, can you make it so that they don't wreck what is, you know, you, you, with terrible, terrible insults and, and miserable things that you and I both would never, never want to have happen to us? Jimmy, you're right. I've been using Zoom for almost nine years, every day, probably 10 meetings. I never saw that. And the reason why is it's still, when you're working together with the first time users, we already enforced security settings. Enable your password, waiting room, don't share your meeting invitation link to others. And after you are in the meeting, lock the meeting. And we have a lot of features built in, right? As long as, you know, we kind of go further step in front of those security settings. Plus, any user learn a little bit, more, little bit more about our best practice, I think it should be okay. And you think that the people will, will convert from free to paid when it's time? Uh, that's not our focus. Because we really want to go back to serve our large enterprise okay. business customers. Right? This is a totally different game. We, we want to help the world. That's why we, we are doing that now. And one last question. Do you need a belt and suspender situation? Should you bring in somebody like a crowd strike? A, 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 it's some sort of cybersecurity that everybody says, well, it's not, it's not just Eric. He's, got, he's really got this thing buttoned down. You are right on. Tomorrow, we're well, going you know, to announce that. You know, you see the Zoom, you know, you know the CISO and uh, the wider board and the CISO and the council. A lot of our customers, you know, their chief security information officer, they all want to help us. Yes. We know they work together with us for many years. They trust us. I totally agree. Look, I, I know you can fix this. You have made a commitment to fix it, and I know you. You will fix it. And I want to thank you for coming on. You could have ducked. You could have said, listen, Jim, I'm not coming on, but you came right on. And I want to thank Eric Yuan, his founder and CEO of Zoom. Eric Yuan has did not have to come on. I sent him an email. I said, why not come on? Boom, he comes right on. Everybody's thank back you, into you. the break. Thank you, Eric. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. You got to look at this period of mandatory social distancing as a learning opportunity. We keep hearing about new behavior, what people do when they're working from home all day. As the state-by-state lockdown gains steam nationwide, despite the big rally, how are people handling it? All right, well, no, well, first we know about Zoom, right? Zoom video is taking America by storm to the point where they really can't handle all the traffic without having com- compromised security. I don't know if they can handle that security by themselves. Cisco's WebEx platform does the same thing, but it has much tighter security, which is why a lot of businesses prefer it over Zoom. Now, we spoke to Vlad Shmunas. He's the CEO of Ring Central, RNG, on Friday. He just rolled out his own competing video collaboration product that's already embedded into Avaya's phone systems. So far, I think Ring Central has Zoom beat on picture quality, but the stock has already run up dramatically, and I don't know how successful they'll be at taking market share, particularly because Zoom has become a verb in our, well, let's just say, whole country. How about the cloud infrastructure plays that make all of this stuff possible? Amazon Web Services has always been the leader in this business. It's just leading again. Microsoft's Azure, Google Cloud, they got a lot going for them. But right now, we need a tremendous amount of capacity to cover all the people who've worked working remotely. And that's what Amazon Web Services specializes in. I like AWS. It was built for this moment. I think the stock goes to an all-time high. But the most straightforward part of the stay-at-home economy is food. During quarantine, everybody wants to stock up the pantry, and I, I'm no different, by the way, and, and store up snacks. I was going through looking for some potato chips. We have all these things that look like potato chips, but they're like pita chips and stuff. They're awful. Just one person's opinion. The food companies aren't taking anything for granted here. They don't want to rely on a temporary surge in demand because they know the lockdown won't last forever. However, I'm betting this new normal is actually more sustainable than they think. Even when the lockdowns end, people will still be afraid to go out to restaurants. Sorry, that means more eating and drinking at home, which translates into more sales for the food and beverage companies. The winners? Well, believe it or not, it's one of them that we had on Friday that was up nicely today. Should have not be more. Constellation Brands. They are killing it. The maker of Corona, Modelo, Pacifico, along with a bunch of fine wines, liquors, hard seltzer brands, has seen a gigantic pickup in demand. This is a stock that got obliterated from late February through late March because all the bars and restaurants are closed thanks to the lockdown. But Constellation's made an incredible recovery over the past couple of weeks, surging from 104 to 142 because it turns out that 85 to 90 percent of the beer is consumed at home. And when it comes to home consumption, Constellation's brews are really the only growth offering. I am so impressed by how these brands are doing, especially the premium version like Modelo Especial. And they haven't even rolled it out all over the country yet. The company does have a heavy debt load because they paid uh, a lot, a lot to buy this canopy growth. There were two tranches. The first one, they got a good price. The second one, it was just way too hot. And that was when the Canadian cannabis industry was still flying high. But if we ever legalize weed in this country, I expect uh, canopy, it's going to dominate. And that's going to be a good business. Oh, Constellation is is, uh, getting about $850 from Gallo once the regulators uh, sign off on the sale of the non-premium spirits business. Everything that they do is premium. I love that because it means you can charge more and it's also better. I think that the new lineup of Corona branded spike seltzers could be a big hit. I know some people think they're late to the party. I don't know. I love one on a sunny day out in the summer if we ever get those anymore. At the end of the day, quarantine doesn't make people stop drinking. They just buy their beer at the supermarket rather than a bar. If anything, they drink more when times are tough, which makes this a terrific recession stock. Now that you've seen the quarter, you can buy it. Who else wins? Well, ConAgra did impress me when we had them on with their results. They're seeing tremendous strength in snacking and dinner. We know it's getting tough for the grocery stores to actually even stock all the Chef Boyardee or bird's eye frozen vegetables. And that's a sign that people stuck at home on convenience. By the way, frozen food is a bargain. Now, they're going back to the brands of their parents. We always had bird's eye and green giant. That bird's eye is ConAgra. I'm guessing Wall Street doesn't believe this pickup is sustainable or otherwise the stock would be higher. And that's your chance. Now, ConAgra is not perfect. It's got a history of spotty execution, but I think it works here. This is a pantry aisle's time to shine. ConAgra is the middle of the store. Maybe people never left it. You know what else I like? I like snacks. And when it comes to snacking, PepsiCo is king, thanks to its Frito-Lay and Quaker brands. Well, we haven't seen this lockdown numbers yet because Pep reports early. I bet they make a killing. You see, I mean, this is it, okay? This is what my wife won't buy. Why? I mean, it's got 160 calories. I look okay, right? I mean, these are fabulous. 
All right, what about General Mills? Now, I got to tell you, I was disappointed that they spent so much time on it. Well, someone let me orchestrate their conference calls, please, about the loss of Haagen-Dazs sales in China. Oh, rather than the unbelievable stay-at-home baking movement, management emphasized the strength in pet food, which made me want to go buy Chewy, not General Mills. It was a totally subpar presentation. I expected more from them. I think the business is in better shape than they do. It's just that people running the company, they have a bad sense of showmanship. You know, when you got... It's not like Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland, but you got to put on a show. Hey, when we had Hormel Foods on the show, I was reminded that not only of the Spam Revival, they have multiple flavors. I did not care for the pumpkin-based, but also some of their other brands, like Skippy and Justin's. They had major millennial appeal. They're all, I got like this much of Justin's in, my, in uh, the pantry and this much of Skippy, even though obviously my mom served me Skip. Plus, it's great to know that Hormel just declared its 53rd consecutive annual dividend boost. A lot of companies are slashing their dividends here. Didn't see that in today's trading, did you? But not in the packaged food space. All right, how about Mondelez? Hasn't come in at all. Maybe that's a sign that its snacks are on fire. But the company also has uh, gum, and gum's in decline, even though I like it. I say, you know what? Maybe lower. You don't want the possibility of number cuts when you're picking recession-proof stock. You know who's the real winner? Mark Schneider. Is it Nestle's? I don't know, it trades in Switzerland, but this Nestle's is built for this moment. They got a real breath of candy, they got the pet food, got the hot drinks, all which score high here. It's a remarkable company. I just went with List in the United States so I could recommend that. I've been saying that to them, hasn't happened. How about the restaurants? Okay, Domino's Pizzas works because they've spent years building out delivery infrastructure, and they're now a pioneer in contactless handoffs. I bet Domino's comes out of this period in much better shape than competition. This pandemic is crushing the mom-and-pop pizza places, sadly. It really is sad when you think about it. It's the same thing with the retailers. We really need that small business bailout money, and we need it fast, or else Domino's wins by default. I believe in the bailout. It's not really a bailout. I believe in helping small businesses, okay? Same goes uh, for Chipotle. Another chain that laid the groundwork for this moment by bulking up their takeout and delivery quality uh, capabilities. I think the stock is a buy even up here. Their balance sheet is so perfect. When you look at the collapse of so many restaurants, especially the ones that were drowning in private equity debt going into this, Domino's and Chipotle are clearly the exception rather than the rule. They belong to the handful of chains that will actually survive this period. Other than retail, the restaurants are the group most damaged by the stay-at-home edicts. The industry will eventually recover, but a lot of the companies might not make it, so a lot of stocks that are down a lot aren't the bargains you think they may be. Here's the bottom line. The stay-at-home economy might seem temporary, but working remotely has so many advantages that I think we might be witnessing a more permanent shift in that direction. That's why I like all these stay-at-home stocks for the long haul. And if you bought them up here, well, it may turn out to be that they're not up here. They're down here, going up here. Brian and Marilyn, Brian. Hey, Jim. Thanks so much for taking my call. And Absolutely. And booyah from the state of Maryland. All right. We yeah. love the state of Maryland. We love it. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. Long time, long time watcher. Uh, and thanks for your public service and keeping everybody level-headed. And, uh, well, thank you. And, and I like that Under Armour's doing some special masks. They're a Baltimore company. Uh, it's good that uh, people yeah. step up. I got to get a special mask. I got the more traditional one, you know. All right, go ahead. That's it. Thanks, Jim. All right, so here's my question. So I have a position in Tyson Foods. Uh, The reason I like my position is they have a strong balance sheet. They have a lot of cash on hand. Um, They could weather a potential recession if we got there. Uh, They have decent decent margins. Um, And the other day, they announced a $60 million uh, bonus to all their frontline employees. Right. And truck drivers, they came out and uh, they said that their demand has increased uh, due to the pandemic and the consequential food hoarding. Yeah, but it really uh, didn't. See, Brian, that's the problem. I mean, look, my chapel, I always talk about the winners in Chapel Trust. I had some good ones. But we, we really did badly in Tyson. We bought the stock for ActualEarnersPlus.com. We told the club members, okay, look, here's the deal. Now that we've solved the, now that the two countries are getting along, China and the United States, they're going to ask, they're going to buy our pork. And it's going to be Tyson. Well, you know what? Then, boom, we had the pandemic. And the stock almost got cut in half. And the company's been very, very poor at communicating, which is one of the reasons why it's just a huge loss. And it drives me crazy. All right. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the behavior that is making all these to be so popular becomes more of a permanent thing. Staying at home has got a lot of advantages. Uh, and now you've got the ones that I think are the best. Now, there's much more mad money, including my take on another area that I'm still trying to find bargains after this miraculous run. The REIT space. Which ones are good? Which ones I don't want? I'll reveal the names. Then, is it time to use a little creativity when it comes to fighting COVID-19? 
I'm going to give you some ideas and all your calls rapid fire tonight's edition of the lightning round. So stay with Kramer. Today was a real good day. But, you know, we're still staring into the abyss of some bad headlines that are going to be coming up over the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to get you prepared to do some bargain hunting for the next time we get slammed. And I want to do in some new groups. There are some sectors where we are still getting real bargains. You know what? Even after today. But you've got to be very selective, and they take a lot of work. So we did it this weekend, and we did it all last week, and now we're presenting it. It's the Real Estate Investment Trust, which are so hated. Yes, most REITs are still untouchable here. As I said at the top of the show, the shopping mall REITs, office REITs, hotel REITs, and nursing home REITs, well, they're all in real trouble with the economy on hiatus thanks to this lockdown. To make matters worse, lots of hedge funds were borrowing money to buy REITs. By the way, they were doing this with master limited partnerships, too. They're buying REITs with extremely high yields, and after the past six weeks, they've had to unwind that leverage, which is one of the reasons why these bids are down so much. When that happens, the whole group ends up getting hit. But that's where the opportunities are, because, you see, some real estate investment trusts do work here, especially the specialist REITs that are not connected with retail and not connected with nursing. See, what I'm talking about here is, uh, and these are smaller, so you got to understand what we're talking about. Alexandria Real Estate Equities. We've had them on a couple of times. Crown Castle International. That's a tower, cell tower company. And the data center REITs like Coresight, Digital Realty Trust and Equinix. None of these has particularly high yields, but they're all in a powerful secular growth theme that should be immune to a potential recession. And I think that we're going to have a recession. So let's start with Alexandria Real Estate Equities. It's an office-based REIT that specializes in owning science and technology facilities in what are known as innovation clusters. That means they're the landlord for many of the biotech companies that are working on vaccines or treatments for this pandemic. I said to avoid office REITs. Wow, you know they're going to be hurt, particularly with a stay-at-home movement, but Alexandria is unusual. This thing's all about pharma and biotech, two groups that tend to thrive during economic downturns. That hasn't saved the stock over the past month, though, as it's now down 22% from its highs. It's been pulled back down by the group, okay? It's better than the average stock, but definitely not good. Now, thanks to this dramatic decline, Alexandria Real Estate now supports the 3% yield. It hasn't been that uh, cheap in a long time. Now, we know the company is doing well before the crisis. Why? Because it just reported a strong quarter in early February. And their tenants aren't that kind of businesses that are going to go out of business during recession. Best of all, this pandemic should eventually trigger some major government investment in scientific infrastructure so that we're better prepared the next time something like this happens. More investment in scientific infrastructure would give a company like Alexandria Real Estate Equities a nice boost. I know. I know it's a small name, but remember, I'm looking for bargains even after today. Next up, how about a cell tower REIT? These are three. There are three big ones, and I like them all. It's placed on the 5G wireless build out, but Crown Castle International is now my favorite. Why? Because, well, they're uniquely focused on small cell towers that facilitate what's basically known as the last mile of wireless service. These small cells are essential to the 5G rollout. Remember, big secular themes is what I'm focused on here. Plus, unlike competitors American Tower, which you know I still like, SBAC I like, they have no emerging market exposure. Uh, Crown Castle's all domestic. Don't get me wrong, all three of the cell tower REITs work. And by the way, American Tower, of course, they get a letter of credit before they even build anything. They've got ironclad financing when they do emerging. But I just like this Crown Castle the most. That said, even before the coronavirus outbreak, there were signs that the 5G build-out might be pushed back a bit. And obviously, a global pandemic will delay things even further. Many of the Conferences where these deals get made have been canceled, so the narrative is damaged. But sooner or later, this buildout will happen. The one problem with Crown Castle, stock's starting to rebound dramatically over the last couple weeks, but it's still got a 3.23% yield, uh, less tempting uh, at these levels, I know, but still. I mean, the stock's currently at the $148 range. Maybe it pulls back to the 130s after this kind of last I don't know, 2% blow off at the end of the day. Oh, and speaking of cell phones, you know what? Even after the run, I still like T-Mobile. I think it's terrific. My travel trust owns Verizon, which is my favorite for income. Okay, follow along at actionlearnersplus.com. Now, finally, there are data center REITs that I really like. These are the companies that own vast warehouses full of servers that power the cloud. These stocks will pull back here, but nothing about the outbreak hurts the cloud narrative. If anything, we'll need more data centers to support all the people who are working from home via cloud-based programs like Zoom Video. As I see it, the data center has been one of the best secular growth themes of our era, so I won't try to pick one of these data center REITs in particular. I think they all work. Uh, Coresight, Digital Realty, Equinix, you could do a lot worse than any of these names. That's it. There are some differences. A couple of the data center REITs set themselves apart with the best interconnection capabilities, meaning 
the facilities offer high-speed connections to the best public cloud companies like Amazon Web Services or Microsoft's Azure or Google Cloud. Equitix and Coresight have really set themselves apart on this particular front. Now, if you put a gun to my head and told me to pick a day to send a REIT, I, first I tell you to put the gun down. But then I pick Equitix, which has been the best long-term performer. However, it's also got the worst yield of the bunch, a paltry 1.6% payout, and it's the most expensive, too. Even after this brutal market-wide decline, you, you have to pay up for quality. That's a continual theme, by the way. The stocks that have gone down, I'm like, look, it could be retail, too. Look at Walmart, barely down. CoreSite's the other leader in interconnection, and while it has all the tools needed to be a great data center REIT, it's also been in, an inconsistent operator. Two months ago, the company even reported a pretty disappointing quarter. CoreSite's saving grace is at its highest yield. 4.2%. It's higher risk, but that juicy yield gives you some protection. As for the others, digital really somewhere between Equinix and Coresight. Solid operator, 3.2% yield. It was the fourth best performing stock of the SP 500 during the first quarter, which puts it in pretty elite company. I think it works. There's a fourth big data center REIT in Cyrus One. We've had them on a bunch of times. That story's all about takeover speculation. I don't think it's worth the risk. The bottom line, if you're really looking for relatively safe stocks that can work in this environment, even after today's run, I want you to check out the Specialized Real Estate Investment Trust. Not the mall REITs, not the office REITs, not the entertainment REITs, but weirder ones like Alexandria Real Estate or Crown Castle International. Remember, that's 5G play. And the data center place, because we know we had Micron on last week. How hot is data center? The next time the whole market gets slaughtered, these are it. And in the meantime, I don't even mind if you start buying them right now. The specialist reach are the ones that can survive and even thrive in this hideous downturn. Mad Money's back after the break. It is time. It's over the And then the lightning round is over, but not until we first introduce you to the newest addition to Kramerica. This is Olive Spencer Hussey. Congratulations to our rock star producer, Katie, and her husband, Greg. We can't wait to meet the newest member of our Mad Money family. Some good news for once. And now it is time. Let's start with Robert in Arkansas. Robert. Professor Kramer. Yes. A blue pig booyah. Uh, from Northwest Arkansas. All right, Razorback, what's up? Hey, uh, Professor Kramer, I've been a long-term holder in a company called New Residential Investment, NRZ. Mm, They've had considerable insider buying, but they cut their dividend to a nickel. Can they make it through this? We are not going to look at any company. we got so many companies that are boosting their dividend or keeping it flat. We do not even need to, to tinker with a company that cut their dividend. Sell, sell, sell. Now we go to Roger Maryland. Roger. Uh, it's been falling for two years, Prudential. What they're doing wrong. I don't want to own any insurers here. They all, I mean, geez, that yield of 9%. Well, they what the heck? And I got to tell you, if I were going to care if I weren't insurer, because I'd be worried about somebody coming after me for business interruption, even though it's done by the government. We know these lawyers will go after anybody. Rob in Pennsylvania, Rob. Booyah, Mr. Kramer. Booyah. How are you? All right, how are you? Good. Hey, uh, my stock, before I get to the stock, it, it's down to like a yearly low of like $8, all and right. it was up all the way to like 41 Is now a good time to buy ChemCore's company? No legal liabilities. I don't want to touch that. I got enough problems with companies with no legal liabilities. How about Bill in New York? Bill. Hi, Jim. How have you been? I am good, Bill. How about you? I'm great. I'm um, just appreciate your thoughts on Quest Diagnostics. Nice bounce back today, but it was a devastating piece that was in Atlantic Magazine talking about how they didn't do the job on the test. So, of course, what do I do? I invite Quest on to hear their side of the story. Bob in New York. Bob. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How about you? Not bad. Thank you. Hey, Jim, previously you thought that Starwood Properties, Barry Sternlich, would figure it out. I'm yeah. not sure if he's done that just yet. You know However, what? You raise a really good point because right now I'm looking real bad for thinking that Sternlich will figure it out. Now, it's not my job. It's still uh, I own this one. In other words, I don't own it my chapel trust, but I'm saying the mistake was mine. It's not Barry's. Now, you could say, Jim, what do you mean? The, the clock isn't uh, is, it's still ticking. But when I look at it, I liked it at 20, and now it's at 10. 
Do I say I like it more? No, I say, what the hell is really wrong here? And is it an opportunity or not? I do not know. Let's go to Lori in Pennsylvania. Lori! Hi, Jim. How are you? I am good, Lori. How about you? I'm well. I just, before I, I tell you my stocks, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. Uh, I want to tell you it goes Fauci, Gottlieb, Kramer. Holy cow! The Pantheon! Left, I swear to God. The Pantheon! Thank you! Dr. Fauci's got to step up. He's got to be willing to say, this is wrong, Mr. President. He thinks it's wrong because he's got me going this way, this way, this way, this way. Can't take it. Well, give me a what's up. I know. It's this And also, you saved my family. So thank you. You thank left you. the Super Bowl, and it's my father's 85th birthday today because birthday. of you. He's Happy. here. Thanks. So, All right. Anyway, I'll get to the stock. So here's oh. the stock. I would like to sell Exxon. For Brookfield Infrastructure Partner Corporation, what do you think? No, 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 no. You you don't want to. You don't need to do either of those because you're making life too hard for yourself. You should be thinking about a high quality drug or food stock, or maybe a technology company with a good yield that's got good growth prospects, much better. And that, thank you for the kind words. And that, ladies and gentlemen, of the lightning round. The lightning round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. I wish Washington would be more open-minded about ways to fight COVID-19. There's so many great ideas kicking around that deserve a hearing. For example, millions of Americans want to help beat this thing. But they feel like there's nothing they can do aside from staying home. They feel helpless. We've seen this before in the battle against polio. Back then, a nonprofit, the March of Dimes, asked Americans to donate money to pay for research. Millions of people mailed in dimes, and that money funded Jonas Salk's miraculous work developing a polio vaccine. It wouldn't have happened without the March of Dimes. We need to do the same thing by making it easy for people to contribute. And that's why I'm so adamant about selling a trillion-dollar 30-year safe and sound bond, perhaps with a 2% yield, and the money will be used to make our people safe, that's $500 billion, and our economy sound, another $500 billion. And that's how, for instance, we raised that, ha- that half a trillion to build coronavirus testing sites all of America, testing, 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 because everyone needs to be tested, just like everyone had to take the polio vaccine. Meanwhile, we also need factories to make protective masks and gowns because we can't rely on a global supply chain to get us necessities at a time of crisis. We have to bring those industries back home. The White House should also use OSHA. Remember OSHA? To mandate that everyone wear a mask when they're at work. We now know masks help immensely in Asia. Let's do the same thing here once we have actual masks. This is a Labor Department uh, uh, Agency, but by the way, if you go to the website, you wouldn't even know that they really that they care. Yes, they have a page or two, but it's nothing like it should have. OSHA should be insisting that tempers are taken at regular intervals, like they do in China. My writing partner Matt Horry reminds me of that. Demand testing in every workplace where there's an outbreak. OSHA get involved. How about making the economy sound? The best thing anyone can do to fight this virus is to stay home. But a lot of people can't afford to skip work. So we need a nationwide policy where we pay people to stay home. Believe me, it's cheaper than if we just keep bleeding things out. That's the $500 billion we need to work out this side of the equation. I know uh, paying people to do nothing. <laughs> I know they did it in the old Soviet Union. But it, it, it seems counterintuitive. But we know that Europe does it. It's easy for people to stay home when the government's covering the cost of their wages, even when they're not working. Just throw money at people. Then if they go out without a good reason, the police will hit you with an expensive fine. That way we automatically bend the curve. We need a month of aggressive lockdown while we build up our our testing infrastructure. Oh, and we should also test for COVID-19 antibodies so we know who's immune, meaning they can go back to work immediately. All right. And that's what we need. We need shoppers and workers. We can't just make everybody stay at home who has the antibodies. Now, I know that paying people at home will be expensive, but an aggressive lockdown now will save a lot of money later. And don't forget, the bond market's desperate to give the U.S. government money. Meanwhile, let's throw in a one month moratorium on rent 
and a one-month moratorium on mortgage payments. Make it retroactive for March 2. Put them at the end of it. You know, look, you got a 20-year, put that last month there. You got a rent, a 13th month. Healthcare, if you don't have insurance, Uncle Sam's got you covered for the duration. In normal times, we rely on the free market to handle this stuff, but the free market can't work its magic when the economy's in hibernation and government is closing businesses. Finally, what's the aversion to using the military more here? I mean, more aggressive fashion. This virus has killed more than 10,000 Americans. Why not take half the 125,000 men and women with medical knowledge in the, in the uh, Defense Department, well, you know, Army, and have them help out in the hot spots? It can't be worse than Afghanistan. I am tired of hearing about how the Chinese Army built all these field hospitals out of whole cloth when our armed forces are much better than theirs. We should be able to do the same thing. Hey, maybe ask doctors without borders to lend us some expertise and really having trouble. Why aren't we building 248-bed combat support hospitals or cash units? The Army can do it better than anyone. We spent decades sending our military all over the globe. Why not have them protect Americans for once? Might be a nice change of pace. Let's kick these ideas around. Sure, the market's on fire today, but the problems aren't licked yet. We're in an unusual situation. We need unusual plans to get out of it. Stick with Kramer. After I finish this show, I will put this right on. It's a reminder of two things. One, don't touch your face. Try to keep the droplets away. And two, that we're not out of the woods yet. We did have a tremendous, furious buying of index futures, just like we had a tremendous, furious bout of selling of index futures. These are not healthy things. It's not healthy to be up 7%. It's not healthy to be down 7%. Slow and steady wins the race. When we see that and we get a peak in unemployment, then I think we might have something going. But right now, remember, wear these, stay at home, and watch the show. I like to say there's always more market summer. I promise I'll find it just for you right here man Monday. I'm Jim Cramer. I'll see you tomorrow. Our special market tomorrow host of our friend Ty Matheson starts right now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.